Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 22 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening. Hey. All right, so uh, earlier this week we recorded our Nebraska-centric podcast on the Northwestern game, and today we are here to talk about um, the uh, other games of Week 8 as well as the upcoming games of Week 9 in the national perspective of college football. So it's exciting stuff. Uh, We were talking on the last podcast about how there were... You know, there weren't as many, like, obviously great matchups in terms of top 25 teams playing against each other, uh, but there turned out to be quite a few uh, upsets this uh, this week and some big, big close games. That's true, especially, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into them, but none bigger than that Georgia Tech, you oh, know, yeah. surprising victory over Florida State. Certainly true, but bef- before we dive into that, we have our tradition of... Uh, Cracking a beverage, which is my job for today. So here it is. Okay. And and it's only uh, about 7 o'clock your time, but it's a little after 10 mine, right? That's right. Um, since you started with it, we might as well talk about that. Yeah, the I'm, I'm bummed because I – well, not bummed because I watched the Nebraska game, which was early in the morning, my time, Pacific time. Um, and then later in the day, basically my whole afternoon was taken up because I was out at a birthday party with a friend, a birthday celebration. We went out of town, did this cool trip. It was fun. But uh, but it turns out there were some great games, and especially that uh, I saw the highlight of that, the ending of the Georgia Tech-Florida State game. I don't know if you've seen the version with the uh, Georgia Tech radio announcers, but that's my favorite by far. Is that right? I have to, I'll have to... To seek that out. I have not seen that one. Oh yeah, they freak out. It's great because uh, they were <laughs> so close to losing that game, and then to come around with a block field goal and run it in. It's reminiscent of the crazy end of the Michigan State game just a couple weeks ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, on the last podcast, we also did predictions, as is our tradition. Um, so there was uh, one of the interesting games we talked about was the Utah-USC game, um, because even though uh, Utah was much higher ranked than USC, uh, USC was the favorite by some of the Vegas polls and stuff like that. And uh, you and I both predicted a, um, a Utah victory. You said 31-21. I said 38-21. Uh, but as it turns out, that was probably the biggest upset of the week you know they beat them 42 24 a pretty solid victory against what was looking to be the best team in the pac-12 yeah you know and i would uh we may have to roll tape on this but but you may recall in our discussion about that i i indicated that uh you know what's one of the frustrations of teams like usc they they have so much talent and you know how good their roster is but they maybe don't always provide that consistent effort dedication and focus that you would expect or or, uh, that you expect from championship level teams and it's frankly the only thing that's keeping and holding them back because it's not talent and so you always worry about a team like that actually deciding to play Mm -hmm. as a team on the day they play you and that's kind of what happened to utah they happened to hit usc and and during the game in which usc decided to play Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I guess if anything is going to inspire them to play, it would be uh, playing 
on their home turf against, you know, one of the top teams in the country. Right, exactly. You got their full focus, and, and that's what you get is a great effort. You know, uh, you know, none of the individualism that maybe has, you know, uh, haunted this team, team a little bit, and all of a sudden they look like world beaters. Now the question is, can they do that week in and week out? It, uh, and when we get around to talking about the, the, the national implications of who's going to win what leagues, uh, there's some intriguing possibilities out there in the West because of USC. Mm-hmm. And I should point out on the those of us listening to our Nebraska-centric podcast, probably heard us at the end talk about how we're going to wait uh, and discuss the um, new the college football playoff rankings by the committee uh, when we did this uh, national podcast. However, I, we learned today that the uh, rankings aren't coming out today. They're coming out on November 3rd, so it's still another <laughs> week before they get to that. Right. But we're still going to talk about... Um, Kind of our predictions for who we think are maybe the the four teams that are going to make it to that playoff, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, another interesting upset was um, Cal UCLA. You know UCLA was looking uh, much better earlier in the season, and then they had a couple losses. So Cal came into that game ranked twentieth while they were unranked, uh, but UCLA pulled that out forty to twenty four, kind of a similar score to that USC game. Yes, and uh, you know UCLA has had such a, uh, a difficulty with you know losses of, of play of uh, team uh, uh, members you know of uh, their their what am I trying to say gosh their uh, injuries their injuries are so bad that uh, you know they've lost so many key players that people kind of wrote them off and yet they seem to have righted the ship and are playing pretty good football that's right and you because uh, I remember you were talking to me a little bit about this um, that I believe it was MSU Indiana. Like at one point, um, it was like fourteen thirteen because Indiana missed an extra point or something like that. Wasn't that that game? Yep. Right. Yes, it was. And, and they hung in there all the way. I think it was like twenty seven uh, twenty eight or something like that too. So I mean, you know, Indiana hung with them, and then all of a sudden, Michigan State kind of separated itself in that later part of of the game. Okay, so it was closer than the score would make it. Look, I think so. Yeah, game. Yeah, fifty-two twenty-six turned out to be the final score. Um, right. Another interesting Big Ten game. Um, Ohio State uh, Rutgers. Uh, Ohio State crushed them forty-nine to seven. Seems like this whole switch to focusing on JT Baird is working out nicely for them. Yeah, I think so, and and I think we'll 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 continue to see that. It, what's going to be interesting is to see. They, we really haven't called on JT Barrett to do a lot of throwing of the football in situations where they needed to throw it, you know. And um, uh, you know, so we'll have to see what happens when when they find themselves in that situation, if they find themselves ever in that situation. Right. Um, and this is an you may have, you might have to tell me about this one because I didn't look into this one too much. Alabama 19, Tennessee 14. Um, oddly low-scoring game, a defensive game. I'm not exactly sure what the story for that one is because I'm, I'm under the impression that Tennessee kind of gave it away near the end, kind of like they have with other games and the season. I think there's some truth in that. I mean, certainly from the Tennessee perspective, they would probably view it that way. You know, Alabama's defense is playing very good football right now, but their offense, especially if you – get them in a situation where they have to throw it uh, is not real proficient. So Alabama's, Alabama's Achilles heel, it would seem, is, you know, if you could get them down early 
and Tennessee was able to get them down early, then Alabama wasn't as, as, as dominant or prolific as you would uh, expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another interesting matchup, um, Stanford-Washington in the Pac-12. Uh, Stanford won that 31-14, which now that uh, Utah's lost, they're the only uh, undefeated team, I believe, in the Big T- Pac-12 in terms of conference play. They're undefeated in their conference, so that positions them in an interesting spot within that, that division. It sure does. I mean, the, the, the challenging part of Stanford's schedule is, is kind of still out there. I mean, they've had a couple of, of important games, obviously, already, but, but they still have to play Oregon. Uh, they're playing Washington State at Washington State this week, and, you know, Washington State's had a decent season this year, and, and I think that, you know, um, the, uh, the, the coach for Washington State – uh, you know the the pirate there. Uh, he is a guy that has always presented some problems for for Stanford's uh, team uh, because defending his you know throw it every down kind of offense kind of uh, takes them for a loop. You know Stanford's defense is a traditional kind of power dominant uh, approach, and and you play a team that that basically has got a bunch of little scat receivers and is just flying all over the place can sometimes present some problems for a Stanford. So that's what I'll keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. And then this is a, this is another one we predicted. Uh, this is actually the first time in our predictions that the two of us deviated in terms of who we thought was going to win the game. With the uh, Texas A&M Ole Miss game, you had predicted a 45-28 victory for Texas A&M, while I predicted a 35-31 victory for Ole Miss. And uh, neither of us turned out to be right in terms of the score, but I believe I get the credit there for predicting an Ole Miss victory, which is what ended up happening. You absolutely do. And, in fact, A&M, uh, you know, again, disappointing to me uh, to see how that played out. And, and frankly, after losing their best player, i got to give Ole Miss some credit for being able to come back and have a, a, a pretty darn good defensive performance uh, on the heels of losing their best player. Mm-hmm. I actually saw an interesting little thing just as I was researching this that um, the SEC office is secretly um, rooting against Ole Miss because the only way that uh, the SEC would be denied a chance at the uh, playoff would be if Ole Miss were to win the the conference because then they'd be in a situation where like everybody had like a, at least one or two losses, you know. Well, I think it would be at least two losses because. Because if Ole Miss were to win the league, um, obviously they already have two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they're hoping for either uh, LSU to run the table and, and win the conference or Alabama to run the table and, and win the conference. Um, and and the, thing with, the thing with Alabama right now, or I mean Ole Miss right now, is they have that win head-to-head against um, against Alabama. So if it came down to them and Alabama, then, then – that would be the tiebreaker, and Ole Miss would would get to go to the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be that'd be interesting. The scenario if that's actually going to play out, even though it's unlikely, but it would be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, it sure would. And then uh, this is pretty crazy. How many weekends of college football can you remember where there were two games that go into quadruple overtime? I know, I know, uh, and I didn't hear about the second one. Until later, I mean, I didn't see anything about it, but I did watch that Auburn uh, Arkansas game. I, I was watching that one uh, with great great interest. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, fifty four forty six the final score. Uh, 
kind of stinks for Auburn. Their season's kind of fallen away from them, and if they had any, you know, hopes of being in that race for the SEC title. Yeah, that's true. They're done. They're yeah. cooked. Yep. And then the other one was uh, Duke Virginia Tech, forty-five, forty-three, another hard-fought game. Yeah. Crazy, uh, and again, I didn't see any part of that, and that is crazy. Yep. And then, uh, and I think I did see the there's the Pittsburgh Syracuse game. I think that one was on the same time. No, no, I'm thinking of something else because I remember I was watching a Syracuse game, but I think that was a week, the week where we uh, right. with the Michigan State game because that was one of the ones yeah. in the bar I was at. Um, I see. But they they uh, lost Syracuse lost to Pittsburgh twenty twenty three. So another close game there. Um, interesting. Pittsburgh has edged its way into the top 25. They were 25 last week, and I think they've moved up to like 23 or something this week. Hmm. Yep. Um, and so then looking at the uh, upcoming week, um, kind of similarly to week eight, week nine, doesn't have a lot of like games that are obviously like big-time matchups. Um there's still some good-looking games. Ole Miss, Auburn, and Georgia, Florida stand out in the SEC for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's those are the ones I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Notre Dame Temple is actually, I believe, the only matchup of two teams ranked in the top 25. Notre, uh, Notre Dame's in the top 10, oh, and, and Temple's 21, I believe. Right, and Temple's undefeated. So speaking of those 12 undefeated teams, that certainly would be a, a game you would look at and say there's a there's a chance there that Temple falls from the unbeatens uh but it is at temple and uh if they're for real that could be an interesting ball game to watch i uh, well, i'm sure that might be one you want you're wanting us to predict so i won't go right into that right now but okay. um uh yep and then uh you know on the, on the big 10 slate an interesting game is uh michigan at at minnesota i think that mm-hmm. one's kind of an intriguing matchup yeah i mean i think it kind of depends on the Minnesota game that comes to play that day, kind of like we were talking about with USC, because we've seen Minnesota looking great this season in certain games, but then not so great in others. You know, the fact that we were nearly able to beat them, you know. So and if Michigan plays to their potential, I think they're the comfortable victor in that game. But like you say, with it being in Minnesota's home stadium, you know, could that give them a, a bit of an edge? Yeah, well, and I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, both Michigan and Minnesota had the week off. So both of them have had two weeks to prepare for this particular game. I don't remember whether Minnesota played anybody last week. I don't think they did. And I, I know Michigan didn't play last weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's, we're getting into that mode where there's a lot of bye weeks going on now across the country. Right. You know, um, Michigan State's in a bye this week. Uh, I think Ohio State also was in a bye this week. Uh, yeah, there might be. Um one quick question: uh, What is Temple not in a? Uh, what conference are they in? You know, I think Temple is in that AAC, the American Athletic Conference, which ironically has three undefeated teams in it. It has uh, the uh, uh, the Temple team, the Houston team, and I believe Memphis. The the Memphis team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm gonna—I don't know their schedules, but I'm gonna guess those teams haven't had to play each other yet. But that's probably Correct. coming up. Yep, that's right. So they'll they'll beat up on each other a little bit there. Um, and wh- this is something we kind of overlooked from week eight, but definitely one of the biggest stories coming out of that 
uh, was that uh, Clemson had an absolutely dominating victory over Miami, 58 to nothing, uh, in no small part due to Clemson's own talents and everything, but also due to the fact that Miami has basically just gone through a complete collapse. I mean, fans, you know, yelling for the coach to be fired in the stands, people getting into fights, you know, Al Golden getting fired, uh, you know, days after the game. I mean, it's a crazy situation there. Yes, well, and, and it was it was inevitable almost. And the sad reality is, you know, uh, Al Golden had put together what would appear to be a pretty darn good uh, recruiting class, and it'll be interesting to see if whoever they are able to get uh, in that role uh, as the head coach, especially if they go ahead and go with an interim coach and wait until after the season before they name a, a true formal successor, is will they be able to hold on to that that recruiting class, or will will it deteriorate while the rest of the season plays out? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, going back to the Week 9 games then, uh, actually, I'm right. So Pittsburgh is ranked 23rd now, and they're playing North Carolina, who I believe is – I guess they, they must not be undefeated, but I think they're, they're both like one-loss no, no. teams. Maybe. I was going to say North Carolina lost to South Carolina in the first game of the year. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But so that, that that might be an interesting matchup. Um, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, Texas Tech in the Big 12. And uh, Miami and Duke. Um, that'll be uh, interesting to see if, you know, if they do get some sort of interim head coach, you know, how, how are they able to bounce back from a defeat like that against a legit team like Duke? Right, right. Exactly. And, and, and you know, it'll be interesting to, to see that, but but uh, uh, it'll also be interesting to see how many people are in the stands because that's at Miami again. Well, yeah, which is, you know, I mean, I remember that from our game with uh, Miami as well, the Nebraska game. Like, it was weird for me to see a college football stadium that was that empty, you know, when you could see, obviously, right. there's always red at Nebraska's games, but, uh, but to see there being, you know, a third of the stadium being red and then the rest of the Miami fans, you know, not nearly filling the whole thing. That was a little discouraging for that program. Yes, and and so we'll just have to see how that all plays out. But, you know, in general, again, uh, not a, a, a week filled with really dramatic, um, um, you know, uh, game matchups. But, but, but like last week, it'll probably produce some really great games. Mm-hmm. Well, particularly, I think that Georgia-Florida game, I know neither of them are ranked in the top 25, but they're both still very talented uh, squads, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yep. 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 And Tennessee-Kentucky should be good, too, in the SEC. Ah, yeah, that sounds interesting, too. Um, So why don't we, uh, well, before we dive into the playoff talk, I guess we should... Uh, give a prediction, a score. Um, and since you mentioned it, why don't we talk about that Notre Dame Temple game? Uh, although, although Temple's on this kind of roll, obviously being undefeated and all, uh, I got to believe that uh, Notre Dame is the better team, and I think they definitely win that football game. I'm trying to come up with the score right now. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I am inclined to agree with you, Alex, that that Notre Dame is the better team and should win that football game. Um, but it, but if you're going to point to a game and say, boy, that would be a fascinating and really great storyline kind of upset, then, then this would be the time. Temple is uh, playing very well. They're, they're well coached, and you know, their coach is the hot item right now. Um, um, and it's played at Temple. 
and I, in fact, I think it's not at their university stadium. It's it's at the Philadelphia Eagle Stadium or something. It's an unusual location, um, uh, and it'll be a rocking atmosphere because, of course, everybody's getting behind the winner there in Philadelphia, with where where Temple's located. So I uh, I'm I'm gonna still predict a Notre Dame victory, but I think it's gonna be a tight one. I think it's gonna be a game where Temple is so fired up and. You know the whole the whole environment's going to be just electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a Notre Dame victory, 31-24. Like you said, kind of a close close victory, but I think Notre Dame pulls it out. Yeah, that's that's what I would say as well. All right, we're going to predict the same thing, <laughs> doubling yep. down. Yes. All right, cool. Um, so talking about the college football playoff, then obviously we're not getting the rankings until next week, but we can still talk about. Um, who we think are the most likely uh, people to win? When we start with the most people who are most likely to win the five major conferences. Um, personally, uh, my list is going to be I think uh, Ohio State, even though they have a tough rung in the later part of their schedule against Michigan, Michigan State. I think they're you know they've been the number one team the whole season, and uh, unless they get a major injury to somebody, I don't think that's changing. So I'm going to say Ohio State. Wins the Big Ten. Um, I'm gonna say that uh, Baylor is the top of the Big the pack, Big Twelve. Um, I think they're better than TCU. Uh, I'm gonna say Clemson in the ACC, uh, and I'll say I'll go in and say Stanford finds it in them to uh, hold off USC and Oregon and those guys and continues their string in the Pac-12, and then uh, I'll say. It's t- I'm I'm struggling between Alabama and LSU and the uh, in the SEC because Alabama is the team I want to say, but at the same time LSU is the undefeated team at the moment. So the momentum's kind of with them, and like you say, Alabama's proven that their offense isn't you know as great as their past offenses have been. Maybe. So you're gonna you're gonna go with LSU. Uh. Sure. Uh, well. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. Why not? Well, well so, so uh, I mean, mine aren't way different than yours, but I think there's one, one maybe piece of information we neglected to talk about, Alex, and it might change your perspective just a little bit on one of those choices. Uh, I'm going to say I agree with you that Clemson is the is the class of the ACC, and I'm going to I'm going to suggest to you that they will continue their string and and ultimately win the conference there and stay undefeated. Um, I believe Ohio State will also do that in the, in the uh, Big Ten. Um, I, I, um, I'm going to suggest that, that this week is going to be huge, huge for the Pac-12 because I'm anxious to see how USC does um, because can't, was that a one-game wonder type of situation with them? Uh, with you know against Utah or are they for real? And then obviously if if USC is going to emerge as the winner on that South Side uh, or South Southern Division, they're going to have to have Utah lose you know at at least one more time, um, you know to to be able to get there. You know what I mean? So so I I don't I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that Stanford wins the the Pac-12. So that's that one. Now, uh, Big 12 is another story altogether. I'm going to suggest to you that 
this weekend's uh, uh, Oklahoma State is going to be an interesting game uh, or an interesting team to watch because of uh, you know they're very backloaded with their schedule. I think somewhere along the line they lose and kind of falter a little bit. I'm going to predict that uh, uh, Oklahoma is going to come from the ashes of that devastating defeat against Texas and end up emerging as the Big 12 representative because Baylor lost their quarterback. Oh. And I have a feeling that Baylor uh, is uh, is not going to be able to, to, to win it out. And and I don't think TCU, after watching a few of their games this season, I just, I just struggle to believe that they'll be able to win all the games they have to win. So it'll be interesting to see. But I have this sneaky suspicion that, that uh, Bob Stoops is going to do what he always does. He's got his team's attention after their, their ass-kicking mm-hmm. uh, in the in the um, you know uh, against Texas and they're gonna uh, end up winning uh, the big 12 hmm. and then and then the SEC I kind of agree with you it's very difficult to figure that out and I guess I needed to scrutinize them which I didn't do uh, those particular schedules a little closer but but I believe that uh, uh, Alabama is going to end up being the team that wins the SEC West and the SEC East is going to be the Florida Gators, and then uh, after that, I think Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, and it ends up being Florida. Hmm, interesting. So you're so you have Ohio State, Clemson, Stanford. You're basically the same as me, except you think it's gonna be Oklahoma and Florida. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, I was just uh, looking up some schedules over here. Um, Oklahoma has a. T- where, where? Uh, uh, I was just googling, you know, the football team schedules. Oklahoma in its right. last three games, uh, uh, upcoming, uh, it has Kansas and Iowa State, who they should beat both easily. But uh, but they play at Baylor versus TCU and at Oklahoma State uh, for three weeks in a row with no buys. That's a tough. Right. That's okay. a tough way to end your season. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I might be a little too bold with the OU prediction, but we'll see. Yeah, but then at the same time, Oklahoma State they still have to they have to play TCU, and then they have a they have a Iowa State and they have Baylor, and then they have Oklahoma. So, I mean, right. that, that these last weeks are gonna you know take down those undefeated teams in the Big Twelve. They're gonna kind of beat each other up and right. see who comes and, out on top. And I think and Baylor also has that tough run. I mean, they have to play Oklahoma. Uh, TCU and I believe Oklahoma State. Yep. So, so without their quarterback, I don't think they win all of those games. In fact, they might lose two of those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. So that that just happened in this week's game then with Baylor. Correct. Correct. State. Yeah, he, he he has a neck injury of some kind. I mean, it's it's uh you know I don't know that it's you know life threatening or anything, but it's it's definitely. Uh, gonna uh, take some time for them to, you know, wait until that heals. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I I might change my pick then because that's. I mean, their their quarterback was like a, a real one of the bit the strongest parts of their team. You know, with him throwing the ball all over the place. So, uh, I'll. Hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and switch my pick then. I won't say Baylor. Uh, but I'm not going to say Oklahoma. Uh, I actually think I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Oklahoma State. Um, I'm going to I'm going to hope that that uh, 
I mean, actually looking at I'm looking at their schedule right now. They play T, they do play TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma within the next four weeks of play, but they have all of them at home. And wow. So I think I'm going to say that that gives them an edge, and since those teams also have to like basically TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State all play each other in some way or another, you know, over the course of these next five weeks. So I'm going to say Oklahoma State for the Big 12. Now, do they get through that unscathed? Um, are they undefeated? Are they undefeated? I mean, hmm. I mean, I, I would, I'd say it's, it would be tough for them to make it through completely unscathed, maybe with one loss. But okay. That's, that's what I'll go well, with. It, it, all of this points to, Alex, is this is the great thing, even in a season when you and I have had to battle through uh, a miserable season for the Nebraska Cornhuskers as a fan, uh, as fans of that particular team. It's great to have all of this going on in the sport uh, that we enjoy so much, and and recognize that man, it's going to be a great month of November. I mean, it really, really does set up for November to be just a spectacular and exciting month of uh, of college football in which. Who knows who's going to emerge as the teams? You know, it was pointed out on one of the stations I was watching just earlier today, uh, briefly, about the fact that with the opening, um, when I say the opening top twenty of the college football playoff committee last year, Ohio State was ranked sixteenth in the very first poll they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they ultimately won the thing. So, so you just don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be another team like that that's sitting there in the wings uh, with one loss? And right now, obviously, everybody point to Alabama as that probably the best one-loss team, you know. But they're already back into the hunt within the top ten, I believe, in most polls, and probably will be with the first poll. So that won't be quite as, you know, right. from the far out reaches. But but Stanford would be one of those teams that maybe would be from that far out region and. Uh, and, well, and, and or somebody like a two loss old miss. Right. Well, or honestly, your prediction of a Florida victory, I definitely think that's a that's a stretch, but that could, oh, could yeah. theoretically it is. happen. <laughs> it, it is. I get it. Um, one thing, this is interesting because um, I'm looking at the uh, AP poll right now for this uh, new this week, and uh, uh, Memphis is ranked number ninth. You know, they're the highest ranked of those undefeated uh, non-Power 5 conference teams. So, s- presuming that they win their game that's this week, when it comes time for the playoff uh, committee to rank them, how do you think they deal with an undefeated non-Power 5 team like that? Well, I think initially they'll be fairly highly ranked. But uh, the thing that's nice about this particular group that does the the playoff uh, you know they relook at everything every week and so as these power five conferences start playing each other you know f- uh, for the big boys so to speak for this year uh, they'll just see that team frankly slowly kind of slide back a little bit unless all the power five teams start beating up on each other the, what what um, what Memphis would need to have happen would would be for all of those teams to kind of knock each other off and and nobody come out of that unscathed you know somehow ohio state gets beat um you know michigan state gets beat all all these undefeateds get beat except for memphis and then they go off on a string of victories including houston and uh uh, temple and 
and then they have the the quality victory of a of a uh, uh, old Miss team, and then and then the wins against other credible teams from their conference, and maybe they would be able to slip in there somehow. Uh, that would be pretty fascinating to see that happen in just the second year of the playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at their schedule, they play both Houston and Temple back to back, both away. So if they could, uh, right. if they could, if uh, both Houston and Temple, you know, continue to do well, and they manage to beat both those teams away and come out of all that undefeated, I think they'd have a pretty strong. Uh, yeah. Well, vote. and the other thing they they would need is for uh, uh, for Old Miss to to keep winning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like we said, that's a scenario that could kind of mess up the uh, the um, what do you want to say the SEC as it stands right now in terms of going to that game. That's interesting. Uh, actually, I'm looking at let's see. This is LSU schedule right now. Um, they actually only have four games left, not five, because they have a bye week. Uh, they have a bye week this upcoming week. And then they play Alabama after that at Alabama, which is definitely going to be the do-or-die moment for them, I think. Okay, and so at Al- that is at Alabama. See, that's huge. I, uh, I give Alabama a little, a little edge there on that one. That's why I'm predicting Alabama wins the West. Interesting. Uh, and then they, Because if they could beat Alabama, then they have Arkansas at Ole Miss and Texas A&M, which I think they – could beat those teams with the Ole Miss being probably the toughest opponent of that strength. But anyways, right. um, so based on our teams, I'm going to go through them again. I said Ohio State, Clemson, Stanford, LSU, and Oklahoma State. You said Ohio State, Clemson, Stanford, Florida, Oklahoma. Now, in uh, in my scenario, um, LSU is probably still. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they beat Alabama. And they, they basically go out. They they are undefeated uh, by the end of this season. You know, they win the SEC championship game. Uh, so under my scenario, I think uh, Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU would be like the ones that I'd say are the, like the easy picks for going into that top four, uh, particularly if they're all undefeated, which they all theoretically could be. Um. So then it, then it becomes a tough pick between Stanford and Oklahoma State for that number four spot. Um, what do you think about that that comparison? Between Stanford and, and Oklahoma State, then I, I would say if Stanford wins, the, uh, wins out in their schedule, and um, um, I would say Stanford gets the nod, and, and uh, regretfully the Big 12 goes without again. Hmm. Yeah, because I did say this would be Oklahoma State losing one game in that stretch, right. probably. Right. Now, if Oklahoma, if Oklahoma State wins out and is undefeated, I think they get in. Right. Right, because Stanford already has one loss, even if everything else Correct. goes as they want. Correct. In their conference. So. Now, I, now, now uh, in your, all your scenario for the playoff, you're forgetting one team. Oh, yeah? Notre Dame. Notre Dame, that's true. Uh, See, so my my scenario is that, uh, you know, I I can't imagine unless it ends up being a two loss victory uh, or victor of the SEC, like an Ole Miss, I think that um, uh, Florida, in my scenario, gets in. I I argue that an Ohio State, an undefeated Ohio State definitely is in. I say a third team is Clemson. 
and the fourth team is Notre Dame uh, because they play Stanford last game of the year, and and I believe that's at Notre Dame. So, so uh, I believe actually it's at Stanford. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, it is. It's it's at Stanford. Okay. Well, even so, I'm going to suggest to you that Notre Dame wins that game, and uh, um, and as a result, they get in. Stanford does not because now Stanford has two losses, so they're out. And then uh, if the scenario that we talked about in my case, uh, Oklahoma, uh, with a one loss, you know, blowout loss to to uh, Texas on their resume and uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame's only loss being a, a last minute loss to a Clemson team. That's already undefeated and in the playoff. I think Notre Dame gets in and uh, Sanford and, and Oklahoma or Oklahoma state are on the outside looking in. Interesting. So, so my, so there's my scenario. So your final four that's, is Notre Dame, Ohio state, Clemson, Florida. Correct. Interesting. And then I said mine would be Ohio State. Well, now I, I hadn't considered that Notre Dame game for Stanford. Um, but in, well, so in, in my scenario, if Stanford wins the Pac 12, then I would say that they, uh, I would say that they beat, since at Stanford, they beat uh, Notre Dame Notre in, Dame. Their, in their right. home stadium. And so then I think. If that's the case and they win the Pac-12 championship game, they they have the edge over Oklahoma State in terms of strength of schedule. So in my scenario, I would say Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, and Stanford would be the top four. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that makes more sense. And and yours is probably more likely than mine. I'm just trying to – I'm playing a little devil's advocate and, and just saying look at how interesting it could be. Yeah. Well, that's what's so exciting about this uh, this new system. Like you say, you know, Ohio State was not even in the conversation really at you know week nine of uh, last year. So, you right, know what will happen? Um, it will be interesting to see. Let's let's say, for instance, that because um, if like if a, one of these Big Twelve teams that's currently undefeated uh, makes it through the. Uh, rest of the season and stays undefeated, then I think they're pretty much a clincher for getting in. Um, But if they have one loss again, you know, whether it's Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, you know, or Oklahoma, like you say, you know, if they went out and then their one loss is to Texas. um, Do, like I just said, I mean, in my scenario, if Stanford beats Notre Dame and wins the Pac-12 championship game, then they beat out uh, Oklahoma State in terms of, having strength of schedule and going into that playoff game. So does the big 12 get left out again this year? I think it's certainly a possibility. I don't know whether there'll be enough members on that committee that will feel bad about what happened last year. And they will lean heavily on giving, you know, the credit to that team. If it's TCU or Baylor, I would say they would get that uh, nod. If it's Oklahoma, they get the nod because Oklahoma is a traditional power like they are. If it's Oklahoma State, I think there's a very real possibility that they get snubbed a second year in a row. Hmm. Really, just because Oklahoma State doesn't have the prestige of an Oklahoma. I, yep, I think that, I think they're a little more off the radar, so to speak, and 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 I think that's where some of that just subconscious stuff starts to play in. The, 
just like they talked about last year. If 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 last year the two teams that were you know tied for the Big Twelve were Oklahoma and Texas, and both of them had, had the kind of years that that TCU and Baylor had, those teams are in. One of those teams gets in. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, looking at uh, Oklahoma State's schedule up to this point. They've played Central Michigan, Central Arkansas, Texas San Antonio, Texas Kansas State, West Virginia, and Kansas. Not exactly the uh, the toughest schedule, certainly. Exactly, exactly. I, I think they're going to lose a few games. Right, but then I mean, they don't, like like with everything else, it really comes down to these last five weeks because that's where they play TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma. So all the best right. teams in their conference they gotta make it through. Which is why I think if one of those teams any any of them can make it through that ringer and beat all the rest. I think they would have a strong argument for, uh, for being in that playoff. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, this is what makes it such an interesting time to be a college football fan. We get to speculate about all this and, you know, we'll see what upsets the week nine brings us and what the committee has to say about it next week. Right. And, you know, uh, I mean, we've spent a lot of time here tonight talking about all these scenarios and, and just teams in general. At some point, I want to take a, uh, an, an evening to take a step back uh, and, and talk about the, the sport in general and, uh, um, you know, some of, these, some of these issues that are kind of percolating under the surface about the, about the sport of college football and seeing where, where, that, where we think that might be going or headed down the road. So with that, uh, that's our teaser for down the road. There we go. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on uh, footballthrowdown.podomatic.com. You can also find us on iTunes. Uh, Leave us ratings and reviews there. Leave us a comment on the uh, Podomatic website or on the app. We always like hearing from the fans. And uh, thank you for listening out there, uh, college football fans. And thank you, Dad, for joining me for this wonderful podcast. Until next time, go Big Red. Go Big Red!